0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of Not Your Everyday Football Junkies. I'm Dan. I have Ando and Alex with me as well. We're going to give a little bit of a background for each of us and then talk about our plans for the podcast. So for myself, um, I've been a big football fan my entire life, played all the way through high school. Um went to college at Notre Dame, so I'm a big Notre Dame fan as far as the NFL goes, my team is the Indianapolis Colts with the Browns coming in as a close second. Then I guess we can uh, hand it off to Ando. Yeah, so uh, for me, not as much
1: active sports, but a lot of Madden, a lot of sports watching. Uh, college-wise, last year is actually the first year I finally got into it. Um, so Penn State being from Pennsylvania, that was the team that I went for, and uh, you know, of course, they had a pretty good season, and uh, Eagles, I've been I've an Eagles fan for over 20 years now, so that's that's been my team, and uh, yeah. Alex?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm Alex, and I have been a football fan my whole life as well. I played throughout high school, and I also played in college for a few years. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, so obviously, I've been a Packer fan my whole life, and as far College teams, I guess I would go for the Wisconsin Badgers, but I'm not like that into college football I'll just mostly watch the big games I'm more of an NFL guy and like the combine and drafts and that kind of thing.
0: <clears throat> So as you can tell most of our um, Interest and experiences primarily with the with the NFL so uh, a lot of this podcast will be focused on the NFL um, although heading into the offseason we will obviously be looking into big draft prospects, which involves a lot of college football analytics as well, and combine analytics, so we're really going to get into that. Um, For today, I know we plan on talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a buy-sell segment, talk about the player awards, the all-pro teams, off-season coaching changes, and anything else that might come to mind along the way. So... I guess without further ado, we could go ahead and talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Good yeah. game. Yeah, honestly, great game. It was a little bit boring in the yeah. first half, more eventful than last year. But uh, certainly yeah. it picked up third third quarter and then fourth quarter. Um, you know, the Chiefs ultimately coming out on top, 31-20. Um, so, I mean, my biggest impression of the game, honestly, was... Patrick Mahomes coming big in the fourth quarter. He started off very slowly in that game. Honestly, in my opinion, getting outplayed by Jimmy G for most of the game. <laughs> uh yeah, he, he just fair. he missed he missed a lot of like open throws that he usually makes. He just wasn't as accurate and he seemed a little little flustered and hesitant at times. I mean, I know that's 49ers defense is no joke, but he just didn't seem as loose as he normally is. And yeah. then but it was awesome to see that fourth quarter comeback just to see you know, the future of the NFL be able to just almost almost looks effortless and just pull off something like that on the biggest stage.
2: Right. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Um, I remember texting you guys like that. I thought Mahomes was kind of choking the game Boy like at some time in like probably the second quarter, and then I was really happy to see him turn around. And as far as um what you were saying, I agree. Like with the whole. Like, I think the biggest difference is the defense is like the Chiefs pass rush barely ever gets home, but the 49ers were like just getting in his face all game and he had to do a lot of scrambling. So I think that's why Jimmy G was playing a little better early. But then once like the Chiefs figured out what they needed to do, he played a lot better than Jimmy G, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean, that's I
1: uh, that's like a big thing with, uh, with Andy Reid, and that was a reason that a lot of the... A lot of Eagles fans at the end of his Eagles tenure just just kind of wanted a new scene. Is he he has a really big tendency to start games slow because he's just trying to figure out what the other team is doing. But like third and fourth quarter, he's he's almost always been a pretty strong coach. And that you know other than like early in his career with the time management, but um, I thought I mean Andy Reid honestly gets. It's a huge, you know, pat on the back for that game. Like he he out coached Kyle Shanahan
0: like all, all four quarters. And I think that that leads honestly to the biggest highlight of the game was, you know, phenomenal coaching on one end in the fourth quarter and then questionable coaching on the other end. I mean at the end of half and in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, we could talk a little bit about that questionable coaching. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> as far as your point, though, about him starting slow, that's been super evident this postseason. Like, I mean, they were down oh, in every absolutely. one of the games, yeah. but they just came back. And obviously a lot of that has to do with Mahomes, but Reed also is a fantastic coach and super deserving and finally getting his first Super Bowl. So I was happy to see that.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of head coaches are the same way where they don't really get, like, flushed, like flustered, but Andy Reid is just straight faced entire time no matter what's going on in that game they could be down by you know like like they were in the texans game like what was it 24 to 0 at the end of the first quarter and Reed, yeah. reed's just sitting on the yeah. sideline I like all right next play
2: to nothing i think at the highest like score differential i believe right
1: yeah yeah i think i think so too yeah that was and that's just absolutely crazy because they, they ended up winning by over 20 points or by 20 points so yeah, and you can tell
2: he's a good leader of men, like, how much his players wanted to win for just him. Like, you can just tell, like, he's just a great person overall. Well, and not
1: only just the Chiefs players, but, like, literally the entire Eagle, like, I would say at least, like, 80% of the Eagles fan base plus the Chiefs fan base, their entire fan base, obviously, rooting for uh, for Andy Reid to it get seemed that. It
0: like, <clears throat> seemed like almost every fan base outside of the 49ers wanted Andy Reid to get it done. Yeah, just for the fact that he, he's, he's a fan favorite of a coach. He always has been.
1: And do you, I mean, do you think, because, I mean, his, before the Super Bowl, everybody was like, oh, okay, he can't get it done in the big game. So it was, will he be a Hall of Fame head coach mm-hmm. when it's all said and done if he doesn't get a Super Bowl win? I feel like I would still have said yes. Obviously, the win solidifies. I think that he will hands down be one. But, like, what are your guys' thoughts on that?
0: i a hundred percent agree with that. I would have included him probably prior to the Super Bowl win, but I don't think it would have been you know first, first ballot ball or anything like that but yeah. I think now it's it's almost I, I don't know it's it'd almost be silly to not
2: you know induct him as a first ballot hall of famer yeah and just i tend i agree to... with that as well i I do think, like obviously, coaching, it's a little more fair to like involve team success because you're supposed mm-hmm. to put them and game plan and all that. But, like I just kind of hate how a lot of like the Hall of Fame discussions come down to like rings and all that because, like at the end of the day, like <laughs> even when it comes to quarterback, like it's a team game. There's like fifty three men on the roster, like just judging a team's win like or a player's worth on like a team success stat metric. like I don't understand that. Yeah, 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 I definitely it agree. Seems so. like
0: that's every what every everyone always wants to default to when you get into the oh this person's better than this quarterback's better than that quarterback, this coach is better mm-hmm. than that coach. It's like oh, yeah, well he has three rings. Well, there's a little bit more context that needs to be involved yeah, or exactly. you know considered within those discussions. And it's just you know, <clears throat> and I also do want to touch on your point. how you said, he's obviously a great leader of not only a football team but of men. Mm-hmm. In general because you look at that team and we 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 had talked about the struggling in the first half or first quarters of games going down that big you know against the cheat or the texans and the sure. titans you know it takes a hell of, it takes a lot out of you as a player to be down that much right off the bat of games and for them to just like almost seem unfazed and just bounce back immediately in all those games you know, that speaks a lot more to their, like, you know, it speaks to their ability, but I feel like it speaks a lot more to their character, like, individually and as a team. Because, I mean, to dig deep and just never give up and just keep your mind on the final goal of winning each game. Yeah. I and mean, That's that's something, like, I mean, you're not going to do that without great coaching.
2: Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like, it has a lot everything. And also, like, their and also you have Patrick Mahomes on your team so you know he can put up points quick with all the weapons they have so I'm sure that their defense knows hey we just get a stop or two and we're right back in it yeah mm-hmm. and it's like,
1: and also like the big thing was about this game too was not only the coaches going at it but it was you know, can Jimmy G get it done like can he be more than a game manager because I think everybody knew the Chiefs were going to sell out and beat the run yeah, they yeah. were going to make Jimmy G beat them and I don't know if you guys had seen some of the some of the Jimmy G stats that came out, but did you see his uh, did you see the no pressure versus under pressure stats from that game?
2: No, but I Oh no, like but pretty. I know that's going to be polar opposites.
1: Yeah, so on no, when he's completely protected, he was 86% completion percentage, 199 <laughs> yards, one touchdown, 119.5 passer rating. Jimmy G under pressure completion percentage, 20 20 yards, two interceptions, a sack, and a 0% passer rate. uh, Yeah, pass rating. Zero pass rating. Wow.
0: That is. You well, know, at first weird. that reminded me of uh, Kirk Cousins because he tends to he struggles under pressure too, but not that yeah. badly.
1: <laughs> no, I mean um, normally you see like a ninety-five to like seventy-nine drop, just, you know,
0: like a twenty-point drop yeah, or
1: something. Yeah. But like that's a yeah, you know, hundred and nineteen-point drop in the same game. Well, like, if
0: you watch him as he's doing it, like as soon as the pressure comes, he seems so terrified of taking a sack. He almost just and taking the hit. He just like kind of just tucks the ball yeah. Was well, oh, yeah, it the yeah. he'll either do that or he'll just like fall back and just throw it up? I mean, that you saw one of his picks was just terrible. Yeah, yeah just the one where he was taking the sack. Yeah. a couple. Yes, pocket poison. It seems almost non existent with him. He seems almost timid, scared to get hit. I mean, like, I know those dudes are big, but he just seems just fearful in there. You know, as a quarterback, you got to be able to step up and make those throws and then take the hit. I think, yeah. like, he sees the pressure, he gets a little bit of indecisiveness. And then all of a sudden, you know, the NFL's fastest level of football, so all of a sudden those people are literally on you, and then he tries to throw up something last second.
2: Mm -hmm. So I I think this game, like, really showed the point, like, what's the difference between, like, a franchise and, like, a pinnacle of, like, the top tier of talent at QB and just a guy who can get you there on a super solid team. Like... The way Mahomes like innovates and creates things and like extends plays like you can't teach that and then there's a guy like Jimmy G where everything has to be perfect for him to be successful and most of the throws he's completing they're wide open because Mm Shanahan schemes it well and Jimmy (laughs) it's just it's just night and day like. If you look on paper especially at defenses, the Chiefs have no business of beating the 49ers. You're like, yeah, their offensive personnel is probably better. But like without Mahomes, the Chiefs are not like nearly as good as they are and you could replace Jimmy G with like 15 guys in the league and they're really still the same team. Like any of the like mm-hmm. 10 to 20-ish range of quarterbacks that you'd rank, like they'd still be just as good if not better with So I think that's just the biggest point takeaway I took from the game.
1: Yeah, definitely agree on that one. All right. So um I think that's pretty much
2: you know, that's the gist of the Super Bowl, you know, like oh, Yeah, but also yeah. So your point of them stopping the run, they actually didn't stop the run that well. I believe they had 6.4 yards per carry the 49ers did. They just stopped running it big I mean, they had the lead and they kind of stopped running it. That's I think when you're pointing out the bad coaching. I didn't understand that. Yeah. Well, they, they were running effectively. They just stopped. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. I mean
0: that comes to the yeah the questionable coaching, and you're talking about you know what we have in Jimmy G. I feel like this goes well together because you had that I think it was second and five, and then third and five late in the fourth. Could be wrong, but um, I believe they ran two passing plays back to back. And I believe I know Kittle was wide open on the third and five, and I think he was on the second and five as well. So it was not bad, like. Play design or calling. It was just poor execution. But then it's almost like you're running the ball so effectively. You don't have, you clearly do not have that much faith in Jimmy G. Why all of a sudden are you trying to pass to win the game? You know, that's just, yeah, I think it just it seems was... silly to me because they could have ran out the clock. If they just get another first down there, second and five, you're, if you're averaging six yards per carry, I mean, you're bound to get it on the, just the next play, let alone you two plays to get it. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the most evident point that he didn't have much confidence in Jimmy G was him not taking oh. the time out to save the clock before the second half. It's like yeah, even exactly. like Lynch in the booth was like call a timeout. It's like yep. he really doesn't believe in Jimmy G and they're paying him 30 plus million a year. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, but then I mean, personally I thought it was a little bit weak of a
0: offensive pass interference call. I mean, I get it by the letter of the rule. It was. I thought the but, same uh, thing. You know, but you see, uh, it's just, it just makes you think, like, if maybe if they did take that timeout, or, you know, they actually go down the field and get a field goal or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it's just, when you got someone like Kittled and Emmanuel Sanders out there, Debo, I mean, I feel like you were just coaching not to lose there. And it's just like, that's what happened to them when they blew the lead when he was back in Atlanta. And then that's what happened this year. <laughs>
1: yeah that's no, very fair yeah absolutely absolutely but um yeah i mean that's that's uh for none of us being a fan of the teams you know that was uh i think that was a, a you know fun game overall to watch and uh you know we can can move over to uh to some more fun less i guess less stat wise but some like some buy and sells of just uh you know random uh statements that either of us have yeah nfl topics and whatnot so um i guess i guess the first one should probably start with is uh well it's i guess the last couple weeks last two weeks it hasn't been as big but uh ab antonio brown Mm -hmm. does he return (laughs) to the nfl
0: does he even have a chance at this point? I don't. I don't know a team that would take a shot at that.
2: No, it's... I mean I, I think that's a pretty fair point. Like he came out with that apology, like was that a few days ago at the time of recording on the fourth year of February. But he, he's just so talented; it's hard for me not to see him on a team. I don't know when it happens, I but I think it does happen eventually if he gets his act together. But if he keeps going on and like having. Like a lot of people think he's manic or like having like an episode right now because he's just been so like crazy. If mm-hmm. he if he gets it together, I'm buy I'm gonna buy that he returns to the NFL. But if like if there's more stunts after this, I'm gonna sell because like he's just a locker room cancer if he's acting like that.
0: So so if you do have to choose today, is I'm it... choosing
2: today. I'm gonna say buy because the last thing was him yep. apologizing and trying to get his act together. I think I'm actually gonna buy it as well um, because
0: I think. He's just, yeah, it's just hard because the NFL with the with the history of the NFL, just considering, seems no matter like just talented players find their way back in. Um, obviously he has a hell of a, like you know, criminal <laughs> charges and everything he has to overcome these next you know few months. I mean I don't know the full details. And most of them
2: are those. civil technically. If running
0: but... yeah, okay. I'm not. Yeah, like I said, I'm not too. uh too familiar with all those but i mean he has a lot to go through there and i think he needs to more than just apologize maybe he needs to show that he's you know regularly seeing a therapist or something it's something mm-hmm. along those lines that shows that he's actively trying to improve himself
2: 100%. it's more of a, it's
0: obviously a character question at this point and the antonio brown saga it's sort of you know back when the helmets i guess that's when it started almost when he uh messed up his feet and then he had the helmet issue <laughs> back in Oakland. And it was funny back then, but at this point it's it's just not funny anymore. You honestly have to worry about the guy if he has some kind of mental health things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's honestly at this point, it's just like yeah juju, I know he spoke up and said he just he's a completely different person than when he was with the Steelers. And it's just you, you gotta wonder what's going on behind the scenes for him. Yeah. But it's you know I'm just banking on the fact that the NFL tends to like, you know, give people a lot of redemption stories. Yeah, you You get a second chance. Look how many chances Josh Gordon got. I mean, I know that's drugs versus you know some of the things that Antonio Brown's been charged (laughs) with, but it's it just seems like people just get repeated chances. You know, they get the third, the fourth, the fifth chance.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and. Not to uh, just differ with you guys, but I th- I think the one thing that the one reason I say sell is I just think not only is he is he too high of a like a risk, but he's also he's gonna, he's gonna be 32 next season. Like you know he's not. It'd be different if it was like Josh Gordon, where he's a young you know like where he could be a super talented person or a player if he would just you know. Relax on the weed, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. like, but uh, yeah. but Antonio Brown being a high risk and being at the end of his career, I just, I don't know. I don't think that you take the risk unless it's for a huge
2: bargain of a deal. Yeah, I just think he's gonna end up getting not nearly what he could have been getting, like, like five. Yeah, yeah five yeah, mil. Yeah,
0: I think I think he'll be getting a lot less money than obviously what he could have been getting is. You're saying, but
2: as like his play itself from the last we've seen him on the field was still at a very elite level, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely that's true. It's true. Even a but... uh, even at end of his career, Antonio Brown, if he isn't you know still doing his shenanigans, um, you know he could be at a least a uh, you know top half of the league starting wide receiver.
0: Mm. Yep, and Probably, then. Yeah. There's one thing though he has to get through his boxing match against Logan Paul. So that goes. I, I honestly <laughs> want to see if that happen, but it's probably not good for his NFL career to do it. Oh no! Yeah, that's, but, I mean, a- that's fair. <laughs> no, I just thought that was funny when that came up, just because I mean, it, you Dude, know, he it's tweeted funny, about but it too. Honestly, me. Logan Paul and all of them—they've
2: been making it happen in terms of the boxing matches, so yeah
1: that's what it's, happens when you're so persistent difficult. dude well i think ab
2: even tweeted out like his contract <laughs> details is like four something yeah. million i believe with like a potential bonus so i mean like yeah, it would make sense for him if he's not in the league right now and it's in the next like four or five months before the football stuff starts yeah that's fair <laughs> Imagine if he lost to Logan Paul though. Uh,
0: <laughs> that
1: would that would that would end his NFL career right there.
2: Logan Paul has been training for a couple of years and he's bigger than him, so I could see, yeah. I could easily I would if I had to put money on it, I would bet on Logan Paul to win, to be honest with you. Oh, but he, i I just imagine
0: Antonio Brown. I mean I know boxing footwork is different, but he would be really, really quick. I don't know, it'd be interesting. I saw
2: his mitt work, he posted a video, it wasn't very much Oh, I didn't see it. But I mean, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a the it was... bad. <laughs>
0: Regardless, uh, that's 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 ahead of us. I think the uh, the next buy or sell, I'm gonna hit you with it first, Sando, since oh, it's man. your bread and butter. But um, so it's the Cowboys will win the NFC East next season, buy or sell. I I went back and forth on this. Um,
1: and when we when we had first started about you know talking about this podcast, I actually did have buy. Um, I, I think that, you know, Jason Garrett was a terrible head coach. I honestly don't even think he was good enough to get the offensive coordinator job for the Giants. I, uh, I don't really understand that hire, but you know, maybe it'll work out for them. But, um, I mean, just the amount of pro bowlers I think, I, I think I had counted that they have 11 pro bowlers, like again, not like this year, but like, uh, in their career, like they've made a pro bowl. Um, and the NFC East is oh, there's a lot of teams rebuilding, like the Eagles are like kind of like that, like what the Seahawks did last year or two years ago, where they were rebuilding but also trying to compete at the same time, you know, like they weren't going full rebuild. Um, yeah, Redskins are, I would say, pretty close to full rebuild at this point. Um, Giants, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah they definitely are. The uh, Giants, I think. I think they're trying to mask that <laughs> they're not full rebuild, but I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer either there. But uh I actually I think I'm leaning towards sell now and it's solely going to be sell if they don't give Dak Prescott a contract. Cuz you you can't just yep. you can't expect him to play on a one year like deal even though it's going to be worth a lot of money. Like he already played for two mil last year. He proved that he could do it. And it's like, as an Eagles fan, it takes a lot for me to say. Like he had a fucking great year last year, for like I mean, being yeah. held back by your head coach. He
0: almost, yeah, he almost threw five thousand yards. <laughs> yeah. So and this was his first non-winning season too, as a starter.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say that. Uh, yeah. I would say I would fully expect him to hold out, and I don't see Cooper Rush doing very much. So i'm gonna i'm gonna go towards cell now what are you,
0: uh what are your thoughts though yeah
2: you wanna go while you i can go yeah i
0: can go but um so well, yeah you're asking me at this point in time today which it, you know it's really hard because we obviously haven't seen the off season moves for either team, which yeah. there needs to be moves for both exactly I'm saying either player. team i think this is clearly between the Cowboys and eagles so those two are the only two I'm considering really for this. Um, yeah, with them considering or it's leaning towards franchise tagging Dak, I will probably sell it too. It seems I think they have a more talented roster. Um, and I, you know, Mike McCarthy was definitely a safe hire. I mean, I know we're going to talk more about that later. Yeah. Um, I still like Doug Peterson there, but it's, it's, you know the Eagles did it this year with, you know, like practice squad wide receivers, um, they, you know the amount of injuries that they battled this year, and they were still able to beat a talented Dallas, you know, roster, albeit poorly coached. But, you know, I think their coaching improved. But with Dak being franchise tag, that's such a shot in the face to him, like. Yeah. It, that's uh, yeah, a one-year deal. Yes, he's going to get about what thirty million. It'd per, be you know, it's, plus it's, or minus it's three million.
1: It's it's top five average, yeah. and Wentz makes thirty-two, so he'd probably get thirty-three. Okay, um, well, but you know, still, it's,
0: it's not bad money for a year. But I mean, if you think about it, they could do this what three years in a row, two. <laughs> or two years in a row. So I I don't know. I just I don't think he plays. I think he'll just, probably hold out if yeah just uh,
1: and just to add to that, like just for another thing too, is that um like, yes, it's a lot of money for one year, but he already risked one year, and that was with a team that he already kind of felt comfortable with, you know this is a full this is an all new team, we don't know if it's an all new offense like it hasn't come out whether or not um you know. McCarthy's gonna take over the play calling or not like they say I he's thought, not fully I thought
2: fully. they announced that Kellen Moore was gonna do that he's still gonna do yeah. the play
1: calling but I don't know if they'll give it to him completely I would okay. I would assume that McCarthy would want yeah, some McCarthy say Yeah, McCarthy kind of went back
2: and forth of calling the plays on the Packers some years yeah. he did some years he didn't
1: yeah so and you know with that I don't know if he takes that, that chance again because what if that offense bombs you know what if they don't put up the numbers again this year I don't see that happening but that there's means, obviously the
2: injury risk as well, right? Yeah.
1: So and that would just tank his stock. So I don't know, but Alex, what do you think?
2: Um, I'm gonna go with sell as well. Um, obviously the points you guys were making were very good, and also to add to that, you don't know who they're bringing back next year. They're losing Cooper and Byron Jones so far to free agency. Like they don't know for sure who they're gonna be able to bring back, especially considering the DAC cap hit's gonna be 15 times what it was last year or more. <laughs> so I don't I don't know who they're all going to bring back and I also think this draft is very good for a receiver and I think the Eagles will be able to find a couple good DBs in like the second to fourth round range. So I think the Eagles could reload in the draft pretty easily. I'm not sure. Do you know what's your cap situation like Ando? I'm not familiar with their cap situation right now. We but... by the
1: by the time that it starts, I know we have a couple of contracts that we are like going to kind of like move around to free up some cap. So we'll probably have close to about 43, 44 mil. So. Okay,
2: well, I mean, that's a good enough, like, hit right there that they could sign a guy or two that can make a pretty good impact. So, I mean, I'm going to yeah. go with the Eagles winning the division at this point in time. Obviously, it'll change after free agency in the draft. We'll see who does better in that regard. But right now, I'd definitely go with the Eagles, including the DAC drama and all that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm happy with those answers. So, uh, <laughs> um, so kind of staying in the NFC East, we'll move on to uh, to another topic here, and uh, we'll go with Eli Manning. Eli Manning is he a Hall of Famer? And i I think I think most people are under like under the same impression that based off of Super Bowls and. Comparing him to who's already in and his brother, he'll he'll get in. Like that's that's just how the NFL is. He'll get in. So this is more
0: of a, do you think he deserves it? So uh, and I can uh, start it out. Yeah, I'll actually, uh, I'll actually go with the buy. Think he does. So I think one of the things, obviously, he didn't have. You know, he finished his career five (laughs) hundred. Um, it wasn't, like, you know, an astounding regular season record. But when you do look at his playoff success and everything, you almost almost look at the Hall of Fame. You, like, you can't tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning, you know? Yeah. Um, just with what he did in the Super Bowls, I think he's only... It says one of only 12 quarterbacks in NFL history to win more than one Super Bowl. And then he is also, I think... Uh he was also the MVP in both of those Super Bowls and he is only he's one of only 6 multiple Super Bowl MVPs in history. Um I know we did talk about earlier. Yes, it's a you know 53 man roster. It's a team game. It's not just him. Obviously miracle plays were involved in those Super Bowls. But um a- another stat that I really you know think is often overlooked is that he never missed a game because of an injury. Starting two hundred and ten straight games. Yeah. Which was the second longest sh- uh QB streak ever. Before you know he was benched, I believe, in twenty seventeen. For yeah. a start. Um I think he did have obviously a good situation around him. I think when he did win the Super Bowl, so you have great defenses, good running backs. Um I don't think he was necessarily, you know, top ten quarterback in NFL history, but if you do look at the numbers, I mean 56,000 passing yards, 362 touchdown passes, a lot of picks, and with a Super Bowl success, you know, beating the best coach-quarterback combination in history. I believe that's pretty much undisputable at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's my case for him. I think, I think he does deserve it.
2: Alex, what do you think? This is a really hard one for me. I, I mean, obviously, he did win. And he did play for a long time, but like from all the times I've watched him, I've been very impressed by him. I I don't know what to think on him. He's just, he's had pretty much average numbers his whole career. He's had a few pretty good years, like in 2014 and 2015. But he's just kind of been a league average quarterback for me that's played a long time. So I'm... On a talent basis, I'm gonna go with a sell. But just for the fact that he's played for a long time and had has a good resume, I would buy. But like if it was my decision, I I probably wouldn't vote him in the Hall of Fame. No. Yeah, he will right. get in with how right. it works. But yeah. I wouldn't vote him in off talent. Yeah, no, that's 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 a fair assessment. Um,
1: I. I teeter back on this so much. I think I would go with sell if the two Super Bowl wins weren't against the Patriots. Like, if it was any other team. (laughs) If it was any other team, you'd be like, ah, whatever. You know, but it was like, he beat the Patriots. He beat Tom Brady in two games, and his defense had a huge part of that for both those games. But he still technically did it, you know? Um, Mm. I mean, for him to play... 200 something straight games until he got benched for what was it, Geno Smith, I think, originally. And then uh, that was for like a couple games, right? That wasn't just one, I think, and then one game or something that he was back. Yeah. Yeah. So I would still go with bye, but, um, okay. I, yeah, I mean, it just for me, it's like comparing him to some of these guys that you know are going to be going in in the next couple years. Like, Aaron Rodgers uh-huh. is as much shit as we give, you know. Alex here. It's Aaron Rodgers will be uh a, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Russell Wilson will be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees, Tom Brady obviously. You know, when when this you put him eight, his brother,
2: Rivers versus Eli Manning, who is... Peyton Manning too. But
1: yeah, comparing him to those guys, I would say he doesn't deserve it. Um but but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Technically, Rivers will be in the talk for Hall of Fame. I don't think Rivers gets it. um I think he I might have had more talent, but he just doesn't have the rings and I guess I mean that is a huge part of it um yeah i mean i th- I think Eli I think I would go with Eli over Rivers there
2: yeah, on the resume, but as far as like a talent thing, I would go with Philip I, I don't know, know for me my no. biggest thing is if he was. I would barely rank him as a top 10 quarterback for most of the years he played probably a few, but like definitely probably never top five quarterback in the league. How I yeah. don't know how a guy who was never top five while he played deserves to be in the hall of fame.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that, that is going to be the, one of the main arguments. Cause I, I mean, I think out of the, how many, how many years was it that he was in? Was it 18?
2: Like total or how or, or That might be way off. How many years did he play? Um, he played from 20, 2004 to 2019.
0: Okay, yeah, so 15 year or 16 year. Yeah, it's a 16 year, yeah.
1: So, and I, I want to say that it was four Pro Bowls, four time Pro Bowls out of those 16 years. And it's like, I, I know Pro Bowls, right I know Pro Bowls aren't, you know, the end-all be-all. Obviously, they don't really say much. Dude, Mitch but... Trubisky's a
2: pro bowler. Don't even. <laughs>
1: but I, yeah, I just think four out of I mean... sixteen is crazy when you think of like uh, Drew Brees, who's been in was it thirteen out of eighteen? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that shows some sort of. There should be some sort of tell
2: there. Yeah, I think it just comes down to if you value like what you see on film versus just like a resume and a long history of mediocrity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he I mean, he just did play so well <clears throat> so well in those Super Bowl runs. And it's just like, you know, if you if you quote the the late Kobe Bryant, I, he always said if he didn't win the championship that year it was a failure. And, you know, yeah, I, I just feel like you just can't discount those playoff runs he made, albeit those were the only two real meaningful playoff runs he made. And it's just like, it's just part of it just being against that whole Brady-Belichick, and we've just seen what they've become over the past, you know, 20 years or, or however long it's been. Um, yeah. So, no, absolutely. Uh, no, I don't but,
2: fault anyone who thinks he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame either. Like, it's either way for me.
1: I mean, he gets in, so we all agree there. Mm. <laughs> it's with how the system works. So,
0: but um, I don't know. What do we What do we got next? Well, we got Brady as a Patriot next year by
2: ourselves. Ooh, it's about to that that picture was just an ad. That was <laughs> yeah for Hulu. That was genius. <laughs> like, I knew
0: I was, he was trolling us. That isn't um... so funny.
2: Like I'd never thought it would have been an advertising ploy though. Like that was literally like the oh, yeah. best advertising that, ploy I've yeah. ever seen in a long time. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was pretty funny.
1: Cause like the beginning of that commercial too, I'm like, this is baller. Like Tom Brady got a commercial to announce his retirement. <laughs> like mm-hmm. during the Super Bowl that he wasn't in. Like I was like, all right, this is sick. And then Hulu, <laughs> I was just
0: like, okay, that was good. Like that got me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. Um Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Right. I'll I'll say mm. this is really hard because you see all this stuff with the Raiders coming up. Uh you know, and how they have all these weapons, you know, Josh Jago's, they got Waller and then Hunter Renfro. Renfro, however you say that. Um mm. but I I'll s I'll buy that he is a Patriot. Um stuff came out today that the Patriots, you know, were Definitely willing to offer him like 30 million or whatever, you know, to stay. But he responded saying that he just wants weapons. You know, he doesn't really care about that number right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he clearly wants to win a Super Bowl again, which would just be ridiculous at this point. But you know, with the Patriots, it seems like so many big players want to play there, they want to play with Tom Brady. if he's willing to take a pay cut for them to sign new players, I don't think new players are going to hesitate to go there. (laughs) I mean, we obviously have to see what they do in the free agent market. I mean, mean, obviously, Brady's one of the free agents. But, you know, I'm talking outside of Brady. And, you know, in the draft, it's just... uh, I'm going to buy it because it's really hard. It'd be so hard for him to go to, you know, a new team and just be the face of that franchise. I don't know. It'd just be so weird. It just seems like when you... Joe Montana with the Chiefs, like it, it should have never happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. It's just, I'm gonna buy it just because I think it's almost legendary just to be with one team for your entire career. And I think that's how it should end for him in New England.
2: But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I I have a really hard time answering this right now. I. I'm just not sure like I want to see how the draft falls out in free agency because like a Patriots could be like a very easy like I think Teddy Bridgewater could do exactly what the Patriots like really need in their offense or how they like to play or someone like that. And regardless if he comes back or not, I think the Patriots either like sign or draft his eventual successor at this point in time. I would say they they find a way to bring him back, but I think for sure they I mean, they need to start grooming someone he's 42 years old and they had Jimmy G and they let him go, so I think they draft a quarterback fairly high in like this first, second, third round, somewhere around there, and they sign him. Probably, so I'll buy it. He'll be a Patriot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I te- I teeter both on these. I think the. I mean, the Hulu commercial. He did say, "I'm not going anywhere." So, like, that could be taking. Well, I think that that it was the his... premise that he
2: was retiring.
1: Right, right. Like you, that could mean either thing. You know, it could be like I'm not retiring, or it could be I'm, you know, I'm staying. Nobody really knows at this point. It probably makes more sense yeah. to be the retirement thing at this point. But uh, I think it's gonna come down to Kraft versus Billichick. I think Kraft <laughs> wants Brady back. Yep. Because he knows, like he, he that that's his guy. You that know, like he can't let on him. On the
2: loops after they win. Right.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. and I. And I don't think, I don't think Bill, I think it's pretty obvious actually at this point that Belichick does not want Brady back. Like he wants to prove himself. Like I can do this without Brady. And I don't know. And he's just probably a realist. Like you have to. Yeah. There's only so much. I mean, Brady was ranked what, like, I think, you know, uh, PFF had had him rated like number 12 last year, which being Mm -hmm. number 12, it's funny, but um, (laughs) that's, I mean, I think that was looking back. Let me see if I have it in my notes here. Yeah, that's it was he was ranked 12th out of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And that was his worst grade since 2013. So, yeah, I mean, obviously,
2: sorry, what? no, go for it. I was going to say you guys know it's not like I've been the biggest Brady supporter throughout his whole (laughs) career, but.
0: That being said, <laughs> no. his
2: offensive line play wasn't as good as it usually is uh, because of right. injuries, and they even had less weapons than usual, especially with no Gronk yeah. anymore. Right. So there was a few things. I, I think his level of play is definitely like not as good as it used to be, but it was a combination of the offensive line play and lack of receivers as well with his yeah, age in it, play.
0: It's exactly it. If you have a poor offensive line, you need receivers that can get open really quickly.
2: And that he's not um, mobile too.
0: Well yeah, yeah, that's you know, the whole thing with it. I mean, it's just yeah, the, the Patriots, I mean they really didn't have... I mean Edelman obviously is a great weapon, but he was doubled a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then the other guys well, so there's was that's... just no consistent <laughs> um you know, like Nikhil Harry showed up a little bit towards the end of the season, but I mean it really wasn't too much of a second or third threat really. I mean, besides James White, really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: that's no, that's definitely true. And obviously, not comparing the quarterbacks, but um, you know, the Eagles being able to uh, kind of make do with our terrible wide receivers was mainly because we had a top-ranked offensive line. You know, even with even with injuries, um, so that helped. And once everybody open, so you can create play long plays as well. Yeah, yeah, and Brady just yeah, well, yeah. Brady's obviously not mobile, but um, but just yeah, not having the offensive line and the receivers, you definitely can't blame him. But it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um. Think yeah, I so I mean I think I don't know if I actually said it, but I'll I'll go with bye. I'll probably say that he's a Patriot next year, even though it'd be interesting to see him
2: not. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be better for the NFL that it wouldn't be because that'd just be such a storyline. But at this point in time, I'm gonna go with by like all of us. I think agreed with that. That's yeah, that's a safe bet. There, <laughs> um, we can
1: moving on a little bit here. We can we can briefly touch on the running backs. Uh, I know we had that in our notes. Um,
0: yeah, we we can touch. Uh... Just briefly, um, I have a point I want to make about that, but and then yeah, we can talk about the awards briefly and then get a little bit into all, all pro and off season. Um, yeah, sure. so the the buyer sell is just that running backs are worth big money, and that's just a hard sell for me right now. If you mm. look at the Super Bowl, <laughs> Raheem Mostert yeah. and Damian Williams, like number one, that's saying they're not worth high draft picks, and they're not, <laughs> and it's you know not big money obviously. I mean. In this league, you can get so much different talent at running back. Um, it, it almost just... And, you know, like, mid-rounds of the draft, you can get, like, really good talent. I mean, look at, what, Aaron Jones. When was he drafted, Alex? I believe the fifth round. Yeah. And yeah, you have all late. these other backs. I think his year was just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm talking about his draft class, and obviously his season mm-hmm. was unbelievable. But, um, you know,
2: yeah, I think, I think we can all agree that
0: all at least running backs I don't know at least me I, I don't think they're worth big money and I don't think they're worth well it honestly. depends
2: on your definition of big money if you're saying 10 million or I'll buy like a top tier running back might be worth paying like up to 10 million dollars but at the end of the day like no matter how talented a running back is like offensive line play and scheme is the biggest factors to like running back success mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, cool. I'll,
0: I'll agree with that too I guess it really does depend I d- define big money I guess I'm always just thinking of like Zeke's contract and yeah, above. Yeah, Le'Veon. It's just like. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's that's pretty safe to when you say big money, you're talking about the top guys in the league, the like top three guys. Plus. Yeah. This... No. So I would no, say I... I would say no, but
2: it's yeah.
0: like the most replaceable position, Oma
2: and Lily. Yep. Yeah. Yep, well, what I was saying the other day is I. Like, if I was the Packers because Jones' contract is up after next year, I would be willing to pay him, like, up to about 8 or $9 million. But at that point, I would rather just go in the draft and get someone. Like, as much as I love Aaron Jones, like, it's just the position and how you can funnel in a mm-hmm. back who does well, especially if you have a good O-line, like, in, like, a third or fourth round pick. So yeah. it's just hard to justify paying them, like, one of the biggest salary cap hits.
1: For sure. And I know I think the Patriot. I mean, yeah, the Patriots, the uh, Packers, they – kind Of moved towards it this year. I didn't watch all of their games, um, so you can probably tell me more, but they they moved towards being a running team this year, like they were more than in the past, obviously. Yeah, um, well, I mean, McCarthy was allergic to running the ball when he <laughs> it, so. that's which will be interesting to see in Dallas, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I, I would say no, I think we all kind of agree there.
2: They're at the end of the day, they're a product of offensive line play and scheme and then like their talent being third. Like look at Le'Veon. He's still is one of the most talented running backs in the league, but I think he averaged under four yards a carry this year because of yeah, the Jets offensive the line play there. and scheme. Like it's just how it's what it comes down to. Yeah, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Um cool. Yep. So I think that's the last thing we had on the the buys and sells. Yep. Um the awards were there. um was a Saturday night? That was the day before the Super Bowl, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I did not watch. I, uh, I just waited for the, the tweet with all of the names.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think
0: honestly,
1: that's what yeah. most people do. Yeah. Um,
0: yep. But yeah. Just but, uh, uh, but yeah. I, I guess just to recap them, um, you know, we had the MVP and Lamar, obviously unanimous. I think it was the second unanimous MVP. Michael Thomas and Stephon Gilmore is the Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year. Then you had Kyler Murray and Nick Bosa the rookie offensive and defensive players of the year, comeback player of the year, Ryan Tannehill. Which I know, and we we were actually talking about when putting this together. It was just kind of weird because you usually think of like coming back from injury for this kind of play or mm-hmm. this, this award. But I mean, it Something is a comeback. More, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it kind of shows like yeah. the the uh, the NFL is counting the dolphins is almost like an illness it's like you've come back from playing on the dolphins congrats (laughs) like you've proven yourself now it's like i don't know
2: yeah i i get that point but just from like the level of his play like i think he graded what like the third best quarterback in the league this year by pff it was something like it was up there right it was way higher than ever before yeah Yeah. (laughs) he definitely deserved it in my opinion
0: yeah, no, I'd agree too. And then the other award that we are highlighting is Calais Campbell for the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And if you were unfamiliar with what he's done, he um he, he formed the CRC Foundation, which was named for his uh named after his father, and it, it really just enhances the community or teaching community of critical life skills to young to young people. So he, he did a variety of things of you know, providing lessons of financial literacy, which I honestly wish I had growing up. I think the most useful class I had in college was finance, and then he also sponsors youth football STEM camps and then uh, providing mentorship programs. He's honestly done a lot of really great work. So I honestly, if you're if you're interested, I, I really would advocate uh, reading more about his work and the great work he's done. Um, it's quite remarkable uh, what he's been able to accomplish um, since he founded his foundation. Yeah.
2: But um, so then. Sorry. Yeah. Good. No, I was okay. just gonna say, I love like players like going out and doing positive things to the community because I feel like it inspires like their fans and just sports fans in general to like do better like in their personal lives and give back as they can. So I just think having an award like that is like awesome thing from the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, they call it the. <laughs> it's honestly like referred to as the most prestigious award almost year in year out. While we're Peyton Man of the Year. I mean, I know you obviously have the MVP, which is, you know, one of the most coveted rewards too, but I think players are, you know, exceptionally proud of, the, you know, the Walton Payton Man of the Year Award, as they should be, because that's really making a difference in their communities. And you really can't thank these these players enough for that because, you know, as a kid, even now, athletes, they're, they're like your heroes. So you see all this happening. It's, it's just inspiring work. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then I guess just talking about the awards as a whole. There are obviously a bunch of other awards. Um, these were the ones we chose to highlight this Alex or and, do you guys have any potential, I guess, objections to these, to these awards uh, Do you, do you think people got snubbed or robbed? I, uh, I'll go first
1: here. I, I think honestly for the, you know, for the MVP and offensive player of the year, I think that there's really no debate there. Um, Michael Thomas breaking the receptions record and just putting up the stats that he does. I know he has Drew Brees thrown to him, but that's still like it's absolutely incredible. And I don't think that there was anybody offensively that, you know, other than giving Lamar Jackson that award as well. Like, I, you know, I think that would be the only other person that I would put there. Um, I think defensively, you could probably make a case for a couple people. But Gilmore definitely is deserving of the award. Um, I think my only thing that I did not agree with was the offensive rookie of the year. I, uh, and, and not even like, I'm not, you know, as an Eagles fan, I'm not going like, Oh, Sanders was snubbed. Sanders, Sanders didn't play the whole year. Like he played half the year. So like, but to take somebody like, uh, Josh Jacobs or DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, those guys, I feel like made a bigger impact. And I think, um, Dan, you were saying that. Kyler Murley, he was it was the sexy pick. Like that's really what it was. Mm -hmm. It was because he's the quarterback. So I don't know.
0: I think that was my only one.
2: Yeah, I I agree with pretty much what you said. Like if I had to choose anyone else. I just uh
0: could you say that again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: Um if I had to go like with anyone else, I'd probably go with A. J. Brown for offensive rookie of the year. Oh. Mm -hmm. I think he had a really good year and I think he was a really big part of the Titans, like, turning it around for what he can do after the catch and everything, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think Murray was, like, a solid choice. Like, yeah, it could have went yeah. to someone else, but he plays the most important position, so they always seem to go that way with all yeah. awards. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's saying he had a bad year, you know? It's just... Yeah, and as far as defensive rookie of the year, I, I agree, like, Nick Boza for sure should have won it, but didn't, like, Max Crosby from the Raiders, like, finish pretty high in the voting? I was, like, taken aback yeah. by that, like, the <laughs> i hate how like the media and just the average fan like views just the sack number as like the all like albeit like best statistic for who's it's... a good pass rusher sounds <laughs> like, like the interception number yeah <laughs> like when you didn't like i want to say nick Bosa's pressure rate was like double what max crosby's was even though max crosby finished you with more sacks if you don't include playoffs i believe it's like I just don't understand how fans don't get that. Like, I wasn't trying to say Kyler Facker was an elite pass rusher after the 2018 season when he had 10 sacks, when he got, like, sacks against crappy teams or, like, coverage sacks. It's like, just people need to, like, actually look at the game and not the box score. That's one of the biggest takeaways I get from all these, like, votings.
1: Yeah, well, and think about too, like, the Raiders pass rush, who else is there to take those sacks,
2: you know? But yeah. when
1: you, and then you have Nick Bosa, like, that forty ers team, anybody on that team can get a sack, <laughs> like mm-hmm. that entire defense. So like, for him to put up the year that he did, while also like having all these other guys, you know, on that team that could take the sacks from him,
0: like yeah. You just see the impact he made on that team too. <laughs> I, I mean, that was the, the first game I watched the great, Super Bowl, but yeah. he just provided that extra, just you know, fuel to that defense. You know, the energy he brought, and obviously the talent, but yeah damn it was almost like you could tell his energy was contagious throughout that entire defense it just seems like he makes a big play it gets everybody
2: turned up yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as um the other ones i agree with lamar jackson winning mvp i think if pat mahomes didn't miss those few weeks it would have been a little more interesting Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's a topic that I'd like to discuss at some point. I know it's not on our agenda for this one. Like Lamar Jackson versus Pat Mahomes, who'd you rather have? I'll leave that alone for now, but we definitely need to touch on that in the future. Mm-hmm. And for defensive play of the year, I think Gilmore is deserving of winning it. But like I'm going to touch on again when we talk about all pro snubs, Zedaria Smith didn't even get a single vote for that. Like it's just like a little mind-blowing to me how just the disrespect he received in all the off season voting and the fact he had to make the Pro Bowl as an alternate just blows my mind. I don't
1: get it. I mean, we, we, we laughed about it last night when we were talking about this, uh, Dan and I, but (laughs) like, I knew you were going to say that, but to actually hear that, uh, to hear that he didn't get one single vote though, that, that does blow my mind. Like that's, yeah, but
2: not one vote.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. That's that's,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, he was nuts. And I, I, the only Packers game that I really, I mean, obviously the Eagles game, um, but the the playoffs is where i actually like got to finally like see like sit down and watch a packers game and like mm-hmm. he was all over the place like and that was yeah. i was just like who is this guy and i'm like oh, rush that from guy. a
2: 7 to a one a gap technique like, that's what's so good about him you can do he can do anything you want when it comes to rushing the <laughs> passer
0: well yeah you saw such a the you know big part of the packers uh, defensive success in the latter half of the year was when they started moving him around Yep. Getting a little more creative with them. I mean when you can when you have a guy you're able to do that with, I mean, it just makes him so much more valuable. (laughs) Yep. You know, it's but um anyway, I guess like that that's a good transition into the next topic about all pros. Yeah. Yep. Um so I mean, I I don't think we necessarily need to go through the full all pro rosters. I think we could just talk about our snubs. So, um, can just do, Alex, uh, I guess you could start it off with your uh, <laughs> one offensive yeah, and then yeah. one defensive snub. We know you're defensive and Zadarius Smith, so what about your offense?
2: That's a really hard one for me. Like, I almost want to be a homer and just say, like, Aaron Jones or something like that, but there are so many, like, good running backs. Like, I'm, it's hard mm-hmm. to argue he should get in over CMC. Oh, <sighs> gosh. Or, I mean, if you're even thinking second
0: team, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'll actually piggyback off that. Um, so my offensive one, it, it is, like, really hard. It's hard to say snub because the guys who got the, you know, awards are, you know, deserving of it. Yeah. Um, but mine was, like, Nick Chubb. Um, I feel like his year was greatly yeah. overlooked because of the team he was on, and I feel like a lot of people, they get, when they are snubbed, it's, you know, due to they're playing on a very bad team. Um and it's just like, you look at the year he had, he only trailed Derrick Henry in yards. And then he, you uh, think he had eight touchdowns. And um, what was remarkable to me, um, it, 75% of his yards were after contact. And he broke 66 <sighs> tackles. 66 tackles on 298 carries. And he was just wow. like, if you watch the Cleveland games, you're like, Freddie Kitchens, why aren't you running the ball more? Why are you just not feeding Chubb? I mean, you saw Baker struggles and everything. It's just, it was just mind-boggling how he wasn't utilized more than what he was. I mean, and he was just so productive and so efficient. I just thought, you know, I would have put him in at second team. But, you know, Derrick Henry did obviously win, you know, the, I guess, Russian crown or whatever you Mm -hmm. call that with the most yards. And then you saw what he did in the playoffs. I mean, it's really, it's really hard to say, you know, but this is a regular season thing so i'm well, like
2: piggybacking off what you said it makes zero sense to me why is derrick henry second team running back and second team flex that's the most stupid system oh, i've yes. ever seen that Chubb or Chubb or aaron jones could have been in one of them just why did derrick henry need to go in twice it makes no sense yeah no definitely I, has a flex I, yeah i didn't even
1: think of it i don't understand how any of that is like how they run that it's it's at this point i think everybody's just like okay cool i mean that happened i guess i was
0: actually talking about this uh same subject with you yesterday and uh with uh i was similar to the nba right now with the all-star voting it's it's been it was very controversial with how they did it um there are a lot of snubs namely like brad like if you know any viewers here are nba fans you'll know what i'm talking about with bradley beal and um Devin Booker's was just absolutely terrible. I have no clue how. But, I mean, it was just, like, in terms of the voting, it seems almost arbitrary at this point. You have the fan vote for that, and then that should honestly go away. But then it's just, like, outside of that, it's like, how did you pick these people? It almost seems you're picking them because of their name. And, I don't know, I think it's, it's something that would be really nice to get more transparency into, you know, honestly, for, you know, not only that NBA All-Star thing I was talking about, but, you know, when we're talking about these NFL All-Pro selections, I'd like them to, like, require to post the ballots or something. Exactly, yeah. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I think so, there is, um, for the all pros, there, there is a, um, you can see how many votes, like, is that what you're talking about? To see how many votes I each want, player got? I want, every,
2: or... every um, ballot, like, every voter. Yeah, you like, want to I'm sure it will be want evident that some to be people, yeah, yeah, some mm. people shouldn't be voting yeah that no
1: often. that's that's fair that's definitely fair and also
2: with the same point i made didn't um i want to say like tj watt made edge rushers and didn't he make linebackers too i believe i believe so I, yeah I this it. is yeah he did like the system needs to change like <laughs> it makes no sense yeah like how do you not know the difference between an edge like that's one of one of the most common things in the nfl how do you not know the difference between an edge rusher and a linebacker. Like when you talk about linebackers, you should be classifying them as like a four-three, a like one of the a four-three linebacker, or like a three-four middle linebacker, not an edge rusher. Like it makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, did um uh,
1: did you did you have one, Alex? Offensive? Like, I mean, honestly,
2: year? I'd probably just go with Aaron Jones. Just okay. he led the league in touchdowns, and he, he doesn't make it because Derrick Henry like gets twice. voted in twice. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's definitely true.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh I I had two guys here. One's gonna make yeah. One's gonna make me sound like a Homer, but it's if you look at the actual stats itself, uh the the just the sole fact that Brandon Brooks was not the top guard in in all for the All Pro team, it just blows my mind. He, he, you know this guy had uh you know it tore or ruptured his Achilles last year, like and then comes back in is the highest rated guard with a 92.9, I think it was, or almost like a 93. If you look at all six, or how many how many games did he play? I think it was 16, because he, he left the game early or something like that. Um, he only let up, it was 19 pressures, one sack, and two flags in the entire season. Like, that is, the, like you're coming back from one of the hardest injuries to come back from. Mm. And I think not only was he a snub for All-Pro, but uh, Ryan Tannehill being deserving as well, he... Brandon Brooks should have been the comeback player of the year, like just. But the the fact that he doesn't get it is because he's not a household name. He's not, not a, you know, it's you not
0: know. a. Sexy how many position? Times, I was gonna ask, saying. like, do we know how many times like a lineman's won comeback player of the year, like offensive lineman? Yeah, I, yeah.
1: I don't. You know, but like, it'd be I mean, interesting to look up.
2: <clears throat> I mean, I didn't touch oh. on this when we were going our background, but for the viewers, I'm a I'm a pretty big guy. I'm like 6'4", 270 pounds or so, and so I played O line, and so I'm pretty used to not like getting. Like all the recognition, even if you're like good at what you do, like I, I would never expect offensive linemen to win comeback or like any of these awards, <laughs> yeah. like right? Of the year, no, for sure. It's just like not the sexy position, and I get it, but it's very important, and I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like he should have definitely been on one of the All Pro selections and yeah. in the conversation for comeback of the year.
1: And um, we can go to defense here, but I do want to just touch on I, I had almost a dead tie between picking Brandon Brooks and Russell Wilson for this one. Um, like, I don't know if you look at the, like the stats for Russell Wilson, but he was actually graded at number one for quarterback this year. And his offensive line was ranked 30th.
2: So you're saying he's a snub that he wasn't first team that he wasn't.
1: I mean, it, you, again, like you can't really say snub, right? Because the guys who get it are, they deserve it. Like, but or
2: are you saying an MVP snub or
1: no, 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 no. Just, just, just the all pro just all pro. He was second team all pro. Right. So I mean, a first team then. That's what I'm that's what okay. I'm saying here. Yeah. Not. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, trying, to I I was no, trying. I didn't clarify. No, I I didn't clarify that. That was my bad. But um yeah, so I, so I went with Brandon Brooks just because he didn't make it at all. So that that was my main guy.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that.
0: But, but, um yeah. Yeah. No. Defense. Defense. Yeah, defense. Uh-uh. I guess you you can go ahead and keep going.
1: Yeah, I think um I think we had talked about, uh, you know, a couple guys or who we were kind of hinting towards. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up going with Justin Simmons just to make sure that we had, you know, three guys. Um, Justin he made Simmons made himself some bread this year. Dude, Jeez. that guy is yes. a baller. I honestly, I think um, most people were saying that Anthony Harris should have been like the guy who made it. Like he should have been the one that. Um, mm-hmm. But Justin Simmons. I, I personally believe should have been uh, should have actually been like the highest rated safety. Like he was looking at his, his stats. Um, he has less picks and he didn't get the touchdown. So I think Anthony Harris wins it there. Um, he didn't have, you know, I think yeah. Harris had what, six picks, one touchdown. So like you can you can but, call it either way, but yeah. they were graded the exact same. They were both graded at 91%. I think Harris was like 91.1 or, you know, whatever if you want to play that. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think Simmons was the same in coverage but he was also a huge a huge gap better in the run defense. Like their pass coverage was like Harris at 93%, Simmons at 91, but like run defense wise it was Simmons at 86% and Harris at like 66. So, you know, overall, I think he was the better overall safety
2: there. And um, Simmons was second team. So I guess my question for you is, would you put Harris over, well, Jamal Adams and Minka were first team, or would you put him over um, Simmons or Matthew, like a second team? Would you put him, basically, would you put him over Matthew? Would you put? I don't, I, I
1: I would say probably not. I guess you would keep Matthew, right? Because, of what he did for the Chiefs this year, because, I mean, last year their secondary looked atrocious. Like, they were just yeah. terrible. So, I would say you probably give it to him just because of what he meant for getting them the Super Bowl win, but, okay. other than, I I would still say that Simmons probably had the overall like, better year stat-wise, I guess, is what yeah. I would go
0: with. Sure. Mm-hmm. But,
2: yeah.
0: <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so transitioning off of that, you had actually alluded to the a- my snub, which was Anthony Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're you're comparing you know him and Simmons. I mean, if you're including uh, you know, total like pass breakups plus interceptions. I guess you know Harris had five pass breakups with six picks, and you know Simmons did have a combined fifteen interceptions and pass breakups. You know, if you combine the two. Okay. Um, but so a little bit more. But if you look at uh, just uh, I mean it. I don't know. I thought Harris was just a stud. You watched them. I mean, Alex, you got to see him twice a year at least. But, <laughs> <Three> um... <turns.
2: laughs> yeah, the, the pick he had against Rodgers in the second game was amazing. Yeah. Like, he baited him into yeah. it. And baiting a 10 year plus vet, like, that's pretty nuts. Yeah.
0: And one stat that I thought was crazy was he missed just two tackles all season long, which is, wow. you know, what you need in a safety. Um, I think he should have at least been second team. I mean, I don't know. You may you did make a really good case for Simmons. I mean, I I almost I almost consider yeah yeah it would have to be either Simmons or Matthew to replace him. I think I I don't think I could put him
2: ahead of you know um, Fitzpatrick or Gosh, I'm blanking. Yeah, I'm Minka, Adams. Minka did kind of transform. Them. Yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I wanted him so bad. <laughs> I think all Eagles fans yep. did, obviously, but like it made a lot of sense
2: for you guys but... for,
1: well just also looking at what he what he went for i can't remember what the exact was but it was doable it was like a first round and a fourth or something mm-hmm. like that right like that's doable yeah you you do that
2: like <laughs> i don't know yeah it but with this year huh? being such a good like receiver draft you know at least you know you'll probably end up with a receiver that'll be able to turn your offense around yeah or at least that's... give him a for sure number one threat so
1: we'll hope we'll hope and, um
0: <clears throat> and I think we all know all right, Alex. <laughs> well, yeah, we had already, yeah, we yeah, already, we talked, already about, talked about mine. <laughs> yeah. today, Smith. We are running on a little over an hour, so we'll touch on these off-season coaching changes. Yeah, we'll uh, do it quick, well, briefly. Um, so just to highlight the ones that we have picked. You know, the Cowboys, you have Mike McCarthy, and then the Giants, Joe Judge, and. My boy Freddie Kitchen. Okay, he's not my boy, but Freddie Kitchen's <laughs> the tight end coach now. And then Jason Garrett, their offensive uh, coordinator. I think uh, people keep saying they're they're building the meme team instead yep. of you know. But and then the Browns, you know, brought in Kevin uh, Stefanski, and then Redskins obviously Ron Ferra. and then yeah, yeah, the Panthers. blinking. Uh, uh, the Baylor coach Matt Rule, I think. Right? Yes, that's his name. Yeah, I knew his <laughs> face, but I was uh, yeah, Matt Rule. And then yeah, so we have a lot. I mean, there's a lot there. Yeah. Um, I guess. Every team. Oh yeah, no, I I was just gonna get your impressions. Of, um, you know, any the biggest shocks or you know biggest like almost like disappointments? You're like, well, why did you go with that higher I when mean, you could have easily gone with someone else.
1: Yeah, um, I would say the uh, the sexiest tires would probably be Matt Roland Brady to the Panthers. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I just I think it's that still it's still up in there. It was like I think that yeah, well, if if you're doing well, head coach, yeah,
0: yeah, he wasn't okay. So I don't I don't think he'll be you know bad. I just thought there were other candidates, you know, still. You know, in the market that they should have gone with ahead of him. Yeah. But, I mean, I, like mean, I don't Chiefs think it's The enemy comes to mind as far as. That's somebody. who I wanted. Uh, because, you know, you have, like, you know, the, you know, Salah was another one that was in there. But, you know, I do like that they went with the offensive-minded coach. Yeah. Because, you know, with, you know, Baker and then, you know, OBJ and Landry, Chubb, Hunt. Like, you know, all that you have there. I think you do kind of need an offensive focus, you know, to help nurture that younger quarterback and you know get him back on track Mm -hmm. next season. But you know, it's just uh, I was really looking for, you know, Benimi or however you pronounce his name. Yeah, I'm not sure. Offensive uh, coordinator. Mm -hmm. I thought he should have gotten the chance here. Um, Yeah, But you know, I think Stefanski might be safe. It's just a little too conservative for me. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't know enough about him. But I wasn't too thrilled about the pick.
2: But yeah. yeah, I I just think it's a joke that he hasn't that the enemy hasn't gotten a job yet in the NFL. Exactly, it is. <laughs> and yeah, I don't even
1: I don't know how it's possible at all. I'm like wondering if we can sell our souls to have him come be our offensive coordinator that we still haven't hired. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Stavansky, I um I just didn't see that I didn't see that hire being great just because I don't know if he's going to have what it takes for all of the uh you know all of the egos like all of the egos and the characters that you have in that locker they room like a strong, like, can he be that guy
2: personality to yeah. take charge of that yeah, exactly
1: and I mean you saw what he uh, and it did get better but I mean you did see the, the wide receiver blow up with Kirk Cousins this year too you know like mm. so who, who knows you know I, I don't know if I don't I don't Personally, I know enough about him where I can say whether or not it was a great hire. I, I mean, but. his
2: game plan, how he liked to play would make sense to the Browns too, that you can be run mm-hmm. first with Chubb. And I don't know if yeah. they don't have Hunt signed through next year, right? Like it was just a one year. Yeah, I'm not sure where that will go. but And, and with how the Browns' line is right now, you can't be a pass first team because they don't no. have the offensive line for that. Left so his strategy tackle. would work. Yeah, right, that's, they, they have to go there in the first round. There's no way they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then another
0: one that was um, I, I I guess I'll touch on the you know the Cowboys. I thought it was it was safe and conservative. I don't I mean but I'm interested to see how that goes. But one that surprised me, I I think it surprised everyone <laughs> the Giants and Joe Judge
2: mm-hmm. because
0: we just don't know anything about him. He's a Patriots wide receiver coach. I know he had a very very impressive press conference. Yeah. But they're, you know, and uh, some people are just gifted at talking. <laughs> Probably, you know. He's a Belichick um, guy. I, you
2: know? It just yeah. blew my mind how <laughs> their wide receiver coach got a job before McDaniel's. I was like, yeah, pretty was... hard about that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I know McDaniel's
0: didn't get the one of the main reasons he didn't get the Browns job was he wanted to change the overall like structure mm-hmm. and culture. I mean, the Browns honestly need it, but you know, um. But yeah, yeah it, I just thought it was interesting. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's just, it's just the, the Giants, man. It's just like everything they do just seems a bit head scratching. It's just you like, want
2: to take the title from the Browns to be the most dysfunctional team in the league.
0: Yeah, but I think actually the Redskins hold that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, All three of them compete for that and just to Anders's luck, uh, two of them are in the NFC East. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: well, <laughs> and and the one thing to add too to the Giants is so like there's a little bit to kind of take into for all three of their coaching decisions. Mm-hmm. The obviously Garrett being their offensive coordinator, yes, he has the head coach experience. Um, nobody really knows how much of what he did in the Dallas Cowboys organization. Mm-hmm. Like they know that he was mm-hmm. obviously the, you know, shot caller, but when it came down to like. Um, you know, like the actual game management, but I he didn't—he didn't call any offensive plays. Yeah, so.
2: that's a, what I was gonna say. The biggest thing for me is that like they were better off when Kellen Moore was calling plays, and now he's your OC. It just doesn't add up to me.
1: Yeah, but also too is um, they went with a really interesting hire with their defensive coordinator, which um, it was uh, Patrick Graham. But the the thing that was interesting about him is that he's a uh, he's a guy that likes to run six DBs. Like that's like his bread and butter that he does. And like, how are you gonna make that work in the NFC East with these, you know, great offensive lines and, you know, up and coming running backs or or great running backs when you talk about like, you know, uh, Zeke. So it's just like, that's usually that's like, you go bigger bodies when you have to stop the run. So if they're gonna be, you know, stuck with, you know, DBs, then it'd be interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can do it. Like, the Packers obviously struggled against the run on and off, but, like, when we played the Cowboys, they didn't really tear us apart, and we play, like, a dime or a big nickel like, yeah. most of the game. So, I mean, it's it doable, especially because it's a passing league nowadays. You just have to have the personnel for it, and I don't know. Like, their D-line's personnel is pretty good, but we'll see. I don't know how it'll work out yet. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that, though. Um, I don't... Think that there was
1: really anything else to mm-hmm. talk about? I, I like the Ron of... Rivera
2: hire for the Redskins.
0: Yeah,
1: I think yeah, everybody sure, agreed uh, that was the best hire. They made a hire. culture
0: change, and he is a great guy to do that to lead that.
2: Um, uh, yeah, and the
1: people that he brought <laughs> with him were actually uh, are also You know, Jack Del Rio is obviously mm-hmm. a, a pretty well-known coach too. So it's not like it's uh, he's starting all over either. He's got he's got well-known guys that are going to be able to be
0: you know leaders. The thing with Ron Rivera, he knows what he wants to do and he knows how to get there. Yeah. Um so I think I think that's definitely the best part about that. Um hire. Yeah, I I was
1: not a fan. I was not a fan. Yep. It's uh it's not gonna so. be after a couple of years it's probably not gonna be that great for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely as an Eagles fan. I don't but you know, we have we have yet to see, you know, the team really turn it around. We have to we have to see what happens. You can see sometimes just with dysfunctional franchises, you know, even you seemingly give them the best uh, circumstances, they just can't turn it around due to just, you know,
2: dysfunctional leadership. Yeah, I mean, Um, I hope they can't mess this up. They're getting Chase Young handed to them on a silver platter unless they trade down, so that'll be a big difference right there. Yep, and
0: then, you know, great coach, veteran proven. I mean, I We'll see how it turns out. But um yeah, I don't have anything else unless uh, you know, and Alex you want to bring anything to the table here.
2: I think I've touched on everything I wanted to say.
1: All right. Yeah, no, I agree. That was a was a good first good first uh podcast there.
0: Yeah, so everyone thanks for listening. I know we will be doing weekly updates. Um I think we should uh you know, maybe include within our posts uh, descriptions will include like Twitter links and things like that, so you can get involved with us outside of the podcast, maybe provide topics you'd like us to discuss or certain buy sells, whatever um I'd like to get the audience
2: involved as much as possible. Um, yeah. all three of us talk about football a lot on our Twitter timeline, so if you want to ever yeah. chat football, feel free to reach out on Twitter. yeah Definitely. exactly.
0: um, my at is at uh, top Fragwali, and then we have at. Uh, Anderson, what's yours? The uh, at... Ando AndoFB? Yeah. FB? yep.
2: A, yeah. And a-
1: then
2: a- Alex. A-N-D-O-F-B. Mine is at Aheim, which is A H E I M, and then T A, Aheim T A.
0: Yep. Twitter. And like I said, we'll try to post it. Uh, if we could post uh, you know, with our podcast, some information and description about it, we'll include those in there so you know who to follow and how to keep up with us and keep up with the weekly posts. Uh, We will keep the posts on a regular cadence um, the same day every week. Um, Again, thanks for listening, and look forward to the the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one.